0: Hi, I'm Ryan and this is Marlboro Minute here in your city where we bring you quick stories about what's going on and I have a very special guest with me today. His name is Zach. He's been coming into the studio for a a few months now, uh, taking full advantage of all of the wonderful facilities and uh, the tools that we have at our disposal. But Zach, most importantly, has a feature-length film that he's submitting to different festivals and he's here to tell me about it right now
1: yes i am i'm very excited to be here i love to be in the studio it's a wonderful studio if you haven't used the resources down here at wmct you should do that because if you live in town you can come make your own show make right. your own movie <laughs> uh, before we
0: talk about your movie yeah i want to learn a little bit more about zach sure and when i first got an email from you it was from melodious zach and i know that's a bit of a stage persona yeah. so tell me a, bit, a little bit more about what you do because it's there's a lot
1: sure sure um so melodious zach i i started using that stage name probably about 2017 to 2018 and it was just because i i needed a more marketable name uh, my real name is you know there's a lot of me's out there i even saw i think there's someone with my name on a, one of the new Survivor shows. Oh. So these days, you know, in the old, olden times, that wouldn't really matter so much. But now when you're able to, you know, search anyone on the net and cross index and everything, you kind of want to have your own, you know, stage name. Um, so I started doing Melodious Sack, and be, that was because my biggest crowd pleasing song was a song called Oh Melodious Song. And it's a hit, it's a bop. It is, it is, it is. Uh, and. And I thought, oh, melodious okay? That sounds good, and I'll just I'll just stick with it, and I'm going to change it one time, so I'm not ever going to become, you know, just MZ or M Diddy, or you know, uh, Z Z Diddy. Uh, now,
0: now, for those people who haven't seen, you do music videos, you do sketch comedy, sure. you do clowning, yeah, you you perform for families and children, and yeah. and how and how did it it all begin were you always a performer were you always doing did you grow up doing community theater or how did you get started
1: um so if we want to go really way back so when i was a baby my mom were you a a star child no well okay so Uh, I a baby model i played the baby jesus in um nativity oh yes yes uh that was my first role but i don't know what i was doing (laughs) um so my mom was a conductor for the local uh, high school musicals. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, be with, because, you know, she's my mom. I'd be with her as a baby yeah. as, as we worked on the musical. So th- there was that. And, uh, um, you know, we had friends, local friends, that were really into theater and the music scene um, around town. And when I say theater and the music scene, I don't mean, you know, like, we're playing clubs and stuff. This is a rural area, so so it was kind of like, like you said, community theater or, you know, the local schools, that was the resource. And this was in New Hampshire, um, and nothing against New Hampshire, but Massachusetts has, you know, the arts are a little differently allocated. Um, Anyhow, so my mom was a music teacher as well, um, and my dad had a video camera, so I was often, you know, making monkey shines for for the video camera, and later on, of course, watching it again. Uh, so, you know, I grew up and grow up and, and, but in school and in those kind of settings, I was very quiet and, mm. you know, um, cause I'm an ambivert. There's a part of me that's, you know, ah, nice to meet you. And then the, there's the other part. I just want to, you know, crawl into a, an attic for a year.
0: So mother's and mu- mother is very musical. Father has a, a video bug and that just sort of fostered all of these wonderful creative Skills?
1: Yes, uh, yeah. So my dad, my dad was a drummer, so he had done music too. Um, and my mom had done that in school. And they also had me do dance lessons when I was a kid. And it was jazz and tap. I only did it for about a year or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, my older sisters did it as well. So we always had the outfits, you know, with the sequins. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Did you get the professional photos too? The...
1: Oh yeah, um. oh yeah. There's one of me as uh, Elvis, that was for Hound Dog. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a good one. Um, so I did that, and then eventually, my you know these two identities, me at home and me at school, they had to merge. So that happened in high school because mm-hmm. I wasn't doing well in school, and I think part of it was because I wasn't, I was.
0: You wasn't being, you weren't being authentic.
1: I cl- yeah, I was kind of closing myself mm-hmm. off, and when you do that, um, you cut off a lot of possibilities. Sure. Now that, that that's not to say that. You can't learn anything new or you can't change who you are. You, you absolutely can. You can
0: reinvent, yeah. That's
1: right. That's right. But um, they finally melded. Uh, so I started doing theater at, this was at St. Bonnie School, which is a non-denominational and non-prep school in New Hampshire.
0: Which you wouldn't know from the name.
1: That's right. That's right. Right. That's right. So it's near an ashram. It's right near an ashram. So I went there, and I they had an awesome theater. It was a small school. Uh, we had a high school of about 60 people, 60 kids. Total. Yep. And my graduating class was about 12, 16. Six, yep. Wow. Yeah. So I you know, I did the musicals there, and it felt like a hot shot. And, I, and, I, I, and, and did, it was- Did you star? Yes. So I started, well, title role, Bye Bye Birdie. Because the star of that show is really, well, I Well, no.
0: Think, the, is it Conrad or Albert?
1: Oh, I was Conrad. So the star is Albert. Yeah. But most people think that Conrad's the star, but he's That's what they think. he's the title character. Um, yeah, and i I got a couple I got a couple acting awards. Nice, my senior year. Uh, then I went to college didn't do any theater, um, but kept up with the music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I had a band, and you know, I just kept going. The music was the one thing that ah, I just got to keep doing. That I got to keep doing this. Um, and the comedy part and all the rest, like the sh- any sort of showmanship that was outside of I'm just going to play a song or I'm just going to record a song, I wasn't interested in um hmm. and you know a few years later i ended up i discovered that i had ocd and i think that might have been part of it like i only do it this way or only do it that way and um oh man i wish i'd known sooner because you know you and i'd be doing this interview on a yacht together you wow. know wmct would be like yeah it would be palatial have a palatial uh studio beautiful yeah uh, can dream. right right um oh, gosh i'm sorry i just i'm just blab- babbling on um, so you took
0: a break in college. Yes. We kept, From, uh, kept up with the music. Yeah. And when I was first introduced to you, you yeah. I know that you were doing uh, a lot of performances specifically geared towards families and young people. When did, when did that come about?
1: Um, so I always wanted to make sure my music was, you know, accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think it opens up your audience more. So if there's a reason to... You know sometimes there's reasons But just
0: because something is, is clean and accessible right. doesn't diminish it in, in any way. Right. The later the last song that you produced, you did a, a great music video for uh, what's the title of it?
1: Uh, it? Our Time Has Passed. Our Time yep. Has
0: Passed yeah. with this uh, Maroon 5 meets Andrew Bird vibes yeah. and it's it's amazing. It's really a very catchy song um, for any listener. And I think that's sort of the appeal of, of pop music in general is that you want the kids listening to it, but you want their parents to be able to in- enjoy it as well.
1: Exactly. Uh, I, I, I like to make music that, you know, people might be able to whistle later or hum later, you know, something that's catchy. And, and like yeah. you said, it doesn't, I, I, I like making things that everybody can see, but I don't like, um, I don't like to like dumb it down.
0: No, you're not playing down. Right,
1: exactly, exactly. Uh, I don't know if I'm playing up, But I'm playing somewhere and I'm not trying, I don't want to talk down because, you know.
0: Well, no, that's something I've seen my fair amount of children's theater, meaning theater for children. Right. And the most successful children's theater is a theater that treats them like many adults. Yeah. Where you give them the benefit of being able to understand a joke, being able to understand the arc of a plot. And you give them the performance that an adult deserves. Exactly. And... As a result, the parents enjoy the show just as much, if, if not more.
1: Right, right. And there's, uh, at least from what I've seen, there's not like a ton of, at least in the mainstream like entertainment, there seems to be this kind of gap. There's, it's kind of like a big horseshoe, it seems like right now. There's a, there's a lot of programs just for kids, mm-hmm. and you can tell it's just for kids. Right. And there's a lot of stuff that's for ad- adults, and you can tell it's for adults. And there's this kind of middle ground, like Pixar sometimes makes movies that are kind of in the middle ground, like, oh, we can all watch it. Like uh, The Incredibles, you know, that, that demographic, you know, people watching that, that, you know, they're 60 years old, they're six years old, whatever it is. Yeah. They're all getting something out of it. So that's the type of stuff I like to make. And I'm sorry, I don't even know if I answered your question. I,
0: I don't know either. <laughs> um... I,
1: uh,
0: I said that you do clowning, and I hope yeah. that didn't offend you, nope. because I think of clowning as an art form yeah. and a very broad art form. And I'm not talking about clowns in white face like right, Marceau, right, right. Marceau, and a big red smile. I'm talking about physical comedy and and slapstick, and yes. you know, taking it back. To, some of the things you do remind me of Buster Keaton and silent film era stars. The the, the and you'll see, it, I, I, you witness it in the movie, which is really special. <laughs> Just the way you, you've chosen to, to run in certain scenes, and the theatricality of it, it is clowning. Mm-hmm. Is that who are your, your performing inspirations?
1: Uh, so when I was little, I loved uh, Laurel and Hardy, mm-hmm. uh, and I liked the Three Stooges, but the Laurel and Hardy were like my favorite. Right and i got a little older and i which
0: ones in particular are you talking like babes in toyland and jack and the beanstalk or
1: uh oh okay okay
0: so because those are my babes
1: in toyland laurel and hardy is amazing
0: or march of the wooden march of the wooden soldiers
1: as it may may be known um to some but i also like the shorts i love the piano um the one where they move the piano up the hill i think Mm -hmm. it's just called the piano movers okay Um, That that was that was really good. So I was doing it's probably
0: public domain. Hopefully we can roll some of that. stuff over here (laughs) Yeah, some of that some
1: of that stuff is yeah, uh, the the Hal Roach studio Hal Roach studio, so I grew up on that and I loved to when I played outside I Had two older sisters that were you know, the nearest one was six years older than me so you know how boys can be very physical and they didn't want to play with me like that, so I had to, you know, my, you know, <laughs> myself around, and you know, I would be a superhero, and someone would be punching me and, you know, and not to say that all slapstick is violent, but there's a lot of that that I did as a kid, just for fun, and now, oh, I turned the camera on. <laughs>
0: yep, and I saw you have, should we introduce your, your sure. co-star that we have right sure. here?
1: Yeah, so this is, this is Dave, and-, and uh, Hold him up to you. It? Sure, yeah, he's a little shy today, so he's not gonna be doing any talking today. But um, Dave is uh, played in the film by my best friend Dave who I met in college at Keene State. And um, he is my little friend and he got turned, he starts out as a person as you'll see in the film, but he ends up like this. How does he end up like this? You'll have to watch the movie. And will he turn back? You'll have to watch the movie. But uh, this is David, David Allen. <laughs> and
0: speaking of that, that uh that slapstick that you practice. There's an yeah. an epic fight scene that you have with your friend here. Yes. I won't give too much away. I think it even goes in reverse at one point. It's. It does. It's, it does. It's, it's great.
1: It's over. Yes, it's over uh, a female. Um, but you'll have to see the film again to witness to witness the the full full thing.
0: Okay, we're talking about the film now. What's yeah. the name of it? When did you start working on it? Is it a musical? What's the genre here? Because it's it's sci-fi. It's original music. It is Adventure Time. It's everything I, we love.
1: So, uh, so the movie is called Oh Melodious Movie Side One. It's called Side One, in reference to you know a vinyl record. You got side one, and then you flip it over to side two. So it's part one of two. Uh, I technically started working on it in about twenty seventeen. That's when we shot the opening scene. And at the time, I didn't know it was gonna be a movie because <laughs> it was part of my TV show called Old Melodious Show. So uh, in the show, there'd be sketches, there'd be music videos, and there'd be this ongoing plot. And the ongoing plot, um, when the pandemic hit and I, I moved to Massachusetts, so I was out of Keene, um, you know, a lot of things changed in a lot of people's lives. So I thought, okay, I can compile the plot from this movie uh see, excuse me from the tv series put it all together and um you know make a feature out of it mm. you know um and which is not you know technically a completely original idea they, they used to do that all the time you know the package films sure or or uh you know they take a couple tv episodes and stick them together, stick them together excuse me stick them together So that's what I started doing, and the footage from the TV versions, you know, there's like a watermark with this TV shows. So I had to go, I went back to the original SD card, not the original film, but the original SD SD card, card. and um, started compiling all this, and I'm putting it together, and I'm learning how to make a movie along the way. So that's in 2020. So I'm learning how to make a movie along the way. I'm learning about ADR, Automatic Dialogue Recording. I learned that I need to use a better microphone on the next film I do. (laughs) Um, I learned about um, color correction. Uh, I, I learned about color grading yeah um, I you know I, I cleaned up all the audio I did a score for the movie I watched it and um, actually did it the kind of the, the kind of the cheap cheap and quick and dirty way is what I would do is watch a scene or I'd be thinking about the scene and then I'd get a melody that came into my head which is how most of the time how they come in uh, and I go okay that'll play for that scene and so I made you know maybe eight or nine themes and then, like, I'm going to place it here. I'm going to place mm-hmm. it here. Um,
0: we want to have reoccurring motifs right.
1: throughout. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I want it to be, um, again, hummable. Um, these, so some of them are based on songs that I actually haven't released in a vocal form yet. Some of them are based on songs I have. And some of them just aren't ever going to be a vocals version. It's just the film score version. So this did the score, did the color grading, did all that stuff. And then I watched it. And I said, oh, I need to film a couple inserts. Mm-hmm inserts or pickups and that's when a filmmaker watches their movie and they say oh this is not quite connecting here there's Um, a little
0: hole here a little gap we need a little bit of information to bridge that gap
1: exactly and that happens on just about every movie even the movies you you know you you go to the theater to see there has been a pickup done you know months 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 later return of the jedi there was a pickup done by um the sound guy uh, ben Burt they did it right at Lucasfilm in front of a blue screen. I think it's when Han Solo goes into the bunker and he's like stop you rebel scum and they <laughs> shot that that they say we're missing the scene. Okay, Ben Burt, go film it. He filmed it in front of a blue screen. So I filmed a lot of my stuff in front of a blue screen because I didn't have the, you know, the outdoors um, same settings that I had before. So what I would do is I would take frames or stills from the footage I had shot before and use those as my background.
0: How does that inform how you're going to approach filming the next one. So that's a great question. Because I would think, uh, learning from that, oh, I need to make sure I get a a still, a wide shot of this scene without me in it, just in case I need to go back and insert myself later and I can't, and the weather has changed and I can't, now there's snow on the ground and I can't find this particular hallway.
1: Exactly, winter is really the deciding factor in You know how how you're going to produce it so Mm -hmm. um but you're right i've gotten into the habit of i'll take a still or i like to call them i don't know if they actually call them plates but i call them plates and and i'll get a plate for the background and then i'll shoot my scene so later on you know um i'm able to shoot these inserts and pickups and everything like that um i don't i try not to use computer generated backgrounds I try to keep it like photographic, and I know it might not look as slick, but there's an old rickety charm to it, like the rear projection, you know, um, that that used to be done, or the uh, sodium vapor that Walt and that is to.
0: part of the charm of it. Um, so often, people, I myself, will yeah. talk myself out of using green screen or 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 filming something at all oh, it's too dark and it's gonna be grainy, Yeah. oh, instead of just doing it. Right. And that's where I really applaud you, is that you just did it. Thank you. And here is a movie that's an hour and 11 minutes long, and it is a full length, independently produced, on a, I'm sure, a very meager budget. $500. $500? Yeah. $500. If I can say on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you should definitely be applauded for Thank you. the whole thing. It's awesome.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And. So tell me a little bit more about the, the plot itself. and sure. And you said it you originally had a television show that you were doing in, in New Hampshire. Yeah. So you got your, your roots here on, on local cable television, That's right. too. That's right. And um, so tell us a little bit of, of the plot, the journey here.
1: Sure. Uh, journey in the film. On oh, in the film, yeah. In the film. Okay. Uh, so what happens is it starts with Dave, Dave and I, and this is Dave in his current state. Uh, and we're, you know, just, we're good friends. And that gets established... Uh, hopefully in a show not tell way, Uh, that's very important in in film as well. (laughs) Um, And we're going for a walk and something happens to him and he ends up like this. So we, at first we're trying to work through it like, okay, you know, we can, you know, we can work with this. Uh, We can um, modify your life, you know, know, and figure out a way to work with it. Um, And eventually I have an invention it's called the transmogrifier, you'll see in the film. And it can uh, uh, change matter into another form.
0: But it's never been done on a, on a living form.
1: That's right. It only works on non-carbon life forms. Right. And so as he tells me in the film, I'm a rock, I'm not living, but he's a living rock. So I convince him. Anyhow, that backfires and I end up, um, it's kind of like a body time travel and I end up as, my, as an old man. Now, in the TV version, um, there's some lines. Dave asked me about his future, what it's going to be like. I took those out so that I'd have a little more leeway in the sequel. There you go. And I don't, I, I, you know, you don't want to give any away any spoilers. Uh, so then they get it repaired by this very funny, um, a lot of people, family members, I showed the movie. Their favorite part was the VCR repair man. He's great. Which is, I'm glad to hear, because at the time I was, I don't know about this. Um, and anyhow... This machine transports us to an enchanted forest, which um, we never say where it is, but I think it's like off the, co- I, I like to think it's off the coast of like Nova Scotia. It's near New England, because there's not a lot of movies that take place near New England um, that are fantasy.
0: That are fantasy.
1: Yeah, there's a ton, that, you know, but there's, there's not a lot of fantasies. Um, so we end up in this enchanted wood, we meet a fairy, and I may as well just set up the clip. Set up the clip. clip,
0: we've got a great clip.
1: Um, so we meet a fairy and he, Dave says, hey, you know, ask her about, maybe she can change me back because we're in the magical land. Maybe it could happen. And I do, and the fairies inform us uh, in kind of an intercut scene. Dave goes to this ancient fairy library and I'm eating with the, um, with the fairy, a lead fairy, who was played by my wife before we got married. So there's a, there's a connection there. Um, our first dinner together on screen. Uh, And uh, they tell us there's some old books, but they got stolen by the Sasquatch, who are just, they just love trouble. Mm -hmm. And the fairies sent some, like, you know, Marines or, you know, some kind of squad to go in and get those. They, They never came back. So they're asking, if you get those books, you can have the one that has the solution inside. So in this scene, we have gone into this Sasquatch temple, or shrine, and we're stealing those books back. And here it is. I think we're in the clear. What? In the clear. I
0: think we're in the clear. That is a chase scene. It is. For the for the the world to enjoy. Yes. It's it's epic. It's, where are those those steps that go up to to nowhere? Where actually did you did you actually film? Right, right.
1: Um so that was at Madame Sherry's castle in Um, New Hampshire Not in Keene I think it's in Chesterfield, New Hampshire Really beautiful It's gorgeous She used to This lady named Madame Sherry I think she was a bit Of an eccentric So (laughs) Um, But I think it burned down And that's where I filmed that stuff And um, One thing I love About that scene I I like the music Yeah um, But also I love That uh, we don't get We don't see the Sasquatch Because it's like In our You know We hear it
0: it's always behind you.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Just out of yes, exactly. View.
1: Just out of view until I can talk to Stan. just
0: just out of budget. <laughs>
1: right, right. Until I can talk to Stan Winston or you know anybody at ILM. It's 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 a it's a veiled thing. You'll see in the film. It's a, it's a veiled type of monster. I thought about. I did have a model, and there's footage of a model, but it wasn't quite like a elusive, like enough.
0: a stop motion sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and that's what. Oh, later in the film there's a little bit of that but there it's is. but it's done in a not in a direct way uh yeah
0: well for those of you who do want to see Omelodious yep. side one
1: yeah Omelodious o- o- movie side one we yep. will
0: be premiering it on WMCT TV so hope you check it out yeah and where else can people see it
1: so it's going to be on a lot of uh, streaming platforms,
0: right? A it's going to
1: of- be on, on a lot of New, New England public access stations, oh. but it's also going to be, well, the best place for you to watch it would be on WNCT, of Obviously. course. It's the It's the flagship station. That's going to be on June 24th, I think at 7 p.m.? Yep. Um, so, you know, not too late for the little ones. Um, and if you don't want to watch the news now, which <laughs> I know I don't, uh, then it might be something fun to watch to escape. Um, it's going to be on a streaming, streaming platform called VHX. VHX, and uh, there will be a 60-minute version on there. Then on WMCT, there's going to be a 71-minute version with some extra, there's a little extra bit at the end that you won't get in the...
0: It's a lot of fun. It's a romp, and you are supporting, uh, just by watching, uh, a local community creator. And I'm hoping we can find more community creators, because I know they're here in Marlborough. They're out there. They're just hiding under rocks. They, they are. Yeah. What sort of advice would you have to someone who either wants to make music or make film or just dip their toe into something creative that they've been hesitant to do so? Well, what advice would you give them?
1: Uh, I would say run headfirst into it. Run headfirst into it. Don't worry about making it for an audience yet. Uh, I make like, it for yourself. Yes, make it for yourself at first. If you want to give it to an audience, candy coat it. I like to say, make what you like and then put a little candy on top, and then you can sell it. You can always keep a version that you like more to yourself, but um, but you got to do you got to enjoy it. You got to have a passion for it because if you don't, it's going to show through. Uh, it's going to show through, and you you might be a little disappointed. But run head first, figure out what you like.
0: I think there are so many niche markets now, and we find that there there's so much media to consume. Don't be afraid to create for yourself because there are more people out there with your same comic or dramatic sensibilities and and taste in music and taste in style that might align with you exactly that you wouldn't even know. So yeah, be true to yourself and and create the art that matters to you.
1: Yeah, do do your thing because there's no one like you, although you could be you know, try to imitate somebody else. You can have influences from other folks, but you know, don't be a carbon copy because this is insane, but I always think at the end of my life, what am I gonna look back on and be really, really glad I did? Mm. And pretending, you know, to be somebody else or doing somebody else's work or, or are trying to copy somebody else's art is just not what I wanna look back on, No, you know?
0: Zach, it's been really terrific having you here in the studio. Once again, don't be a stranger. I will not. (laughs) And (laughs) that brings us to the end of another episode of Marlboro Minute. Thank you for watching.